This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We are here to talk about making the pivot. Who here is a, a podcaster right now? Who's thinking about starting a podcast? Awesome, awesome. So let's do a little experiment right now. I want you to imagine for a moment you are at the top of your career, whatever it is, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, pharmacist, anything. Just think about all the, the things that you could be. And then I want you to take that and flip it on its head and say, I want to be a full-time podcaster. What is what does that feel like? What does that bring up for you, right? There, there might be some excitement. There might be some fear, right? There's definitely some risk that comes along with it. But just think about making that pivot. Like, what is it going to take to make that pivot from this career that you know that's safe, you have career capital built into it, but now you want to do something completely different? That's what we're going to talk about, making the pivot, letting go of a lifelong career, for podcasting. There is a typo in the program where it says letting go of a lifelong career of podcasting. So if you're looking to quit podcasting, this is not the talk for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about making this pivot. So a little bit about who we are. Uh, my name is Chris Cochran. I'm uh, the co-founder and CEO of Hacker Valley Media. I spent pretty much my entire career in cybersecurity. I was at the National Security Agency. I was at Netflix. I spent a lot of my time uh, as an adult in cybersecurity, uh, but now I do content full time, and I want to introduce you to my business partner and often co-host Ron Eddings. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Ron Eddings, also co-founder of Hacker Valley Media, and as the descriptions really show, we spent most of our careers in cybersecurity. We were focused on the offensive side of the house, the defensive side of the house, the cybersecurity hands-on practitioners, but over time what we really learned was cybersecurity was missing something, and so were we. We were missing the element of creation, putting something back out into the world that we learned, and cybersecurity was missing it as well because they didn't have a voice, they didn't have advocates to carry out their messages, and we found the gap by making the pivot. Absolutely. There's one thing that, if you take anything from this talk, I would say, take this. Like all the other stuff I think is really valuable information, but it's honestly this. During the course of going through podcasting, figuring out what it is that matters to us, what it is that we want to leave our mark on this world, it's the, this equation right here. Figuring out what your purpose is. A lot of times people's purpose has to do with other people, either lifting other people up, amplifying their voice, talking to people, making sure they're okay, grooming them, growing them. Uh, and the superpower is the thing that you do well, the thing that you do well that it takes a lot of other people a lot of effort to do. So really understanding what your purpose is, what are you driving towards, what is motivating you, is pushing you towards a goal, and understanding your superpower, that's how you understand and make an impact on your own legacy, make an impact on the community, and ultimately the world. But let's get into some of the stuff that we learned along the way. We, we want to get here, right? That's where we want to get. We want to get to transform and trailblaze. We want to transform into podcasters and trailblaze because there isn't a blueprint for anyone 
particular person to go into podcasting full time. We all have niches, right? Some of our niches are really tight knit. We might have 30 people that are interested in this specific niche, but that's our opportunity to trailblaze. But in order to get here, we have to have a few more steps. So Pivot is an acronym that we created, uh, and Pivot is gonna be that, that touchstone for us to remember how we're gonna get to there full time. So the P is passion to persist, improve intentionally is the I, the V is evaluate and validate, and four is outsource operations. So just remember this, we're gonna bring it back up at the end uh, just to walk through some of the points that we made. So let's start with the P, passion to persist. Who here has ever played a video game? Raise your hand. Ever played a video game? What was, uh, what, ha, who here has been on a board that they just couldn't pass forever? They just kept playing it, kept playing it, kept trying, and eventually you made it. How did it feel? Anybody say how you felt? How'd you feel when you, you beat that board? Amazing, right? What else? How, anyone else? Proud maybe, right? Because you had that passion to persist. One of the things that we read pretty early on uh, in this journey was uh, Cal Newport's uh, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. Who's read that book before? It's an incredible book, absolutely love it. But the thing about it is, uh, I agree with his premise in the beginning, which is the passion hypothesis is basically a myth. Uh, basically that people shouldn't just go do what they wanna do because that's not how you build career capital. It's all about performance being good. But I wanna flip it on his head a little bit because I do think it does take passion to do something that you're dreaming to do. And I think it's the passion to persist. Like sometimes when you're doing your podcast, you really don't wanna do it. I mean, I felt that way. There've been times like, oh, I have an interview today, but there are days where I love it. So we're not always gonna have that specific passion for the podcasting or even doing interviews or doing the editing or doing the marketing. But if we have that passion to persist, that's gonna take care of everything. So if we go from like playing video games, right, having that, that persistence, we're con continuing to try to and push the envelope, then we can look at something like we were doing in cybersecurity. So in cybersecurity, we're known as, as hackers, right? We use this like hacker methodology, this hacker mindset to take really complex ideas and, and concepts and break it down into the smallest components so we can understand what is important, what is the highest leverage thing that I can do, to make things in my favor. So if we look at podcasting, sure, we can just say, oh, we're just gonna get on the mics and, and have a conversation, but we just dissected what equipment did we need? How do we wanna sound when we make a podcast? Well, what, were, what are some of the questions we're gonna ask? Like, what is the focus on the, the person? How do we push the, the narrative on social media? So breaking things down into its smallest components. Ron and I, the, the interesting thing about our origin story is that we started working together at a startup a long time ago, and uh, he ended up moving to Silicon Valley. Three years later, I got a job at Netflix and decided that, hey, if, if I'm gonna move everything out there, I'm gonna go out there first before I bring my family. I lived with Ron for three months, and it was a house of four minority men in their 30s, and we were focused on personal growth and development and cybersecurity. And that was really the, the beginning of, of Hacker Valley. We call it the, the Hacker Valley Mansion because we lived in this big house. And uh, we thought, how do we share this with everyone else? How do we share this environment? How do we share this pursuit of excellence with everyone in the world? And Ron had a setup, and we started doing the podcast. And we have not stopped doing podcasting since. This is 2019. 
And if you look here, you're going to fail. We've made many mistakes along the way. Uh, in the very beginning, we, we thought we were doing like a vlog cast. And we had two different cameras. It looked all crazy. Don't recommend it, but I do recommend making mistakes and moving forward. Uh, one thing that we can do to systematize persistence is something called time blocking. Anyone familiar with time blocking? Raise your hand. All right, so time blocking, what it is is you're setting aside time specifically for a thing. If you wanna do podcasting full time, you might have to systematize podcasts. Whether you have a guest or you don't have a guest, whether you launch it and, and push it to your platform or not, you have to systematize and constantly develop what you're doing. So if you leave here today, go home and, and set up some time for you to be persistent with your craft. The next element of pivot is improve intentionally. And we've already have the passion to persist, persist because we're already here today at Podcast Movement. We've traveled and we all have the desire to do something in the podcast space, whether it's be a guest or be a host. And I think all of us live here. This is where we live day in and day out, improving intentionally. Let's go to the next one. And one more. So how do we improve intentionally? It's, it's pretty difficult to, to really look at it and know that you're doing it unless you have a mirror reflected and you're able to see your actions. Unfortunately, we're putting content out there and it takes a little bit of time to get feedback, right? Especially for podcasters. But what we like to have is the, the mentality, if it's not broke, make it better anyways. I think that's what we do with podcasting, whether it's adding music to our podcasts, maybe really solidifying the theme and the format, the run of the show, and putting all of those touches on it. But along the way, when you're trying to improve the process, you're gonna break things. It's gonna be painful, it's gonna be challenging. And Chris asked the question of how many people have their own podcast? So raise your hands, keep them up. And now only put them down if you've never edited your podcast. So put them down if you've never edited your podcast. No one put their hand down. So we're all focusing on podcasts so intentionally in so many areas that we're improving intentionally on many facets. We're audio editors. Some of us have video podcasts. We're editing the video as well. So these are all of the components that really go into our operation. This, these are going to be components that go into our pivot as well. So we have to really keep those pieces in mind. You know, we're here at Podcast Movement, and earlier in the event, we did a speed networking event. And we sat around at tables, we had a mix-up, and you, you met someone new for six minutes. And during that six minutes, you're supposed to tell someone about your podcast. And by the end of it, I changed mine up three times because I was talking about cybersecurity. And it doesn't resonate to everyone. So I had to change my message and then change it again. And that was the immediate feedback for me. So I was able to use that feedback, wrote down some notes, and that's something that we can put into our processes, share with our audience to really make things more clear and, and entertain them better. If you could think of one thing that's keeping you from being a full-time podcaster today, what is that one limitation? And it could be anything. Oh, what? Money, right? <laughs> that's, that's the huge limitation. If the, that first note about the, the superpower and passion was the number one thing to remember, this is probably going to be number two. 
This is the evaluate and validate. So when you think about podcasting, what is the most common way that we uh, do things like sponsorships? What is it based on? Anybody? Sp uh, sponsorship fees, what are they usually based on? CPM, right? Cost per mil, thousand downloads, you get 20 bucks, something like that. That might not be the best way for you to evaluate your podcast. If you have a niche of a podcast, you might be, you might have a thousand listeners, you might have 10,000 listeners, you don't have Joe Rogan numbers, but you have a very, very engaged audience at that thousand member mark. And that might be even more valuable than some of the shows that have bigger followings. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, when I say that the hardest dollar is usually the first one, and it's not for the reason you might think, believe it or not, I bet you, if, even if you're not monetizing right now, there is still a lot of value that's in your podcast today. Who here is already monetizing? Raise your hand. Who's monetizing your podcast? Okay, if you, who's looking to monetize their podcast, raise their hand. All right, <laughs> fantastic. So the, the great thing about monetizing beyond CPM is you get to really say like, what is the value that I'm providing through this show, through this medium? Uh, has anyone uh, ever heard of Chris Doe, seen like the future uh, videos on YouTube or went to the website? It's a valuable resource. I definitely recommend people to check it out, thefuture.com. Uh, but he's, one of the things he says is stop selling and start serving. Whenever we get on a call with a prospective sponsor or a partner, we, the first thing we do is we don't launch into this whole thing, oh, this is what we do, we did this, we have this many downloads, we do all this stuff. The first thing we ask is, how can we help you, right? That's the value to the sponsor. What you have to do is you have to realize what is the power of connection because sponsors want to be connected to potential customers. And so really thinking about what are some of the deals that these companies can make based on us making that connection. There was a lady that we were talking to yesterday during the orientation. Are you here? The one that lady just started podcasting four months ago, focused on art. Uh, she was talking about like, I'm doing really, really well, putting in the, the time, the, the hours. How do I make sure that I make the money that, that I'm value? You guys do cybersecurity. So obviously it's easier to make bigger ticket purchases through podcasting with cybersecurity. But this lady, she interviews artists. She's focused on artists, folks that are in the movie industry, folks that are doing really, really high detailed designs and graphics. So I said, well, if that's the case, then why couldn't someone like an Adobe be your sponsor? If you're looking at someone like Adobe, uh, maybe they are just a, a graphic designer, but maybe they work with an entire team and maybe they can get a deal with that person for their entire company. So whenever you think, a lot of times when we think about podcasting, we think B2C, start thinking about opportunities for B2B because the people that you're interviewing are often working somewhere else. And if you can get a deal through for your sponsor through them to their company, then that's, that's just all the better. So what we're doing is we're looking at what are some of the deals that can be made. And cybersecurity, think about the deal that can be made. Sometimes there's solutions that cost millions of dollars. So even if we had only a hundred people that were listening to our podcast, but our sponsor got a deal with a company for a million dollars, think about the value of that. Now, how much would you charge to give someone that opportunity? So when you go home either tonight or tomorrow or maybe next week, think about what a difference a deal makes. What, do you, what could someone honestly get 
by you having that connective tissue between your audience and the sponsor. So now that the money's flowing in, it's coming <laughs> on in, right? What would you do with it? Maybe you would hire somebody to do a job for you. You would hire an assistant, maybe marketing. You would want to do something with it. I know for me, I love to outsource a lot of things. And one day I hope to get to the point to where I could outsource everything and then retire. But how do we get there? We got to start building our podcast or our content, our brand first. And that will be a mechanism for it as we go. But what we started to do when we started monetizing our podcast was outsourcing more and more of the things that we don't necessarily love to do. We love to record the podcast, really understand the guests. If they send us a book, we try to read it. And you know, do the things that are going to connect us better with the guests and our audience. Um, so we had to think about how do we hire the right people. So we came up with this uh, quote. I tell this, tell this to Chris all the time, but hire help and pay top dollar. And what that really means is it, top dollar is dependent on you. Maybe you have $20 that you're getting for your sponsorship. Not a lot, but there's, some, there's stuff that we can do to it. We, we all know about Fiverr. We've all been there. And maybe we, we tried to have someone edit our podcast for us. It didn't go well. We edited better. We paid 20 bucks. It was an experiment. That is valuable information. Next time you go to the drawing board wanting to outsource, you can double that price. Maybe $40 is that sweet point to where someone is doing it better than you. Because that's what we're aiming for. It's going to be a constant iteration for what we're aiming to do. So we have to take baby steps to get there. And sometimes these baby steps are a little slower than we like, but they always pay off in the long run if we put the work in. And uh, one element that I also wanted to mention is this is how you grow a business. Uh, a lot of the times when we're building podcasts, we end up owning our job. We're doing everything. We're not getting any help, and our efforts are very split across the board. But just like with our senses, when we start to remove the focus to a sense, the other ones heighten. If we outsource the podcast editing, then we're, we're probably gonna get better at marketing. We're gonna have a lot more time. Once we build that muscle, build that engine, we outsource that as well. And we continue to iterate on that until the business is a business and we're no longer directly tied to it. But sometimes that's great. I love both, um, whether, it's, uh, whether it's me being the solopreneur or building a business together. And a quote that we have here is from Tim Ferriss, the four hour, the four hour work week. And to summarize it, it's why would I do, why would I hire an EA if I could do what she does or he does better? And I thought this was pretty interesting. Like why, why would you want to do it if someone else could do it? But you want to really increase the bar. And I think that's how you ultimately make it to the big pivot where you're able to exit one career to another. It's because you've invested in yourself and also all of the things that go into building a successful business that you can uh, leverage help on. And the one exercise that I, was, I would think that would be helpful for you, we actually did this with uh, one of our uh, executive coaches, is create a joy, no joy list. 
What are the things about podcasting that you absolutely love? You love doing the interviews. That's great. Uh, you love even doing some of the marketing. You absolutely love creating the, the posts. You love getting the picture together. But you don't like the finance part of it. Or maybe you don't like the business development part of it. So create that list. And that will tell you instantly what are some of the things that you can afford to outsource. Because if you don't have joy doing it, there's someone out there that can. And if you can afford it, get the help or even if there's someone out there that is looking to get experience but maybe you don't want to you don't you're not able to pay them yet maybe it's a relative maybe it's a child give them a shot give them some experience doing something that they want to try to do even if it's a, a, a something that they're interested in but making sure that you understand what you do really really well and outsource the rest to someone else so now we're getting to to transform and, and trailblaze right we're starting to everything's coming together we're persistent, we're constantly pushing things out, we're, we know exactly what we wanna do, we know our value, we understand how we're, we're gonna outsource some of our operations. Now, how do we transform into that full-time podcaster and trailblaze and do something a little different? So when it comes to this, uh, this is a, a, almost like a, a re rendition of a quote that was on one of our podcasts. But the quote is, uh, to be a become a podcaster, you must first be a podcaster. So what does that mean? Like if, if you heard that someone say that just with no additional context, what does that mean for you? Anybody? Say again? Just do it. Yeah, just become it. What else? Anyone else? Any ideas? Hmm? Right. Yeah. Hey, listen to podcasts, but let it become part of your life even a part of your identity. Sure, it might not be all of who you are, but it might be a, a large per portion of who you are. So when I, when I, I heard this quote, originally it was uh, Grandmaster Maurice Ashley. Uh, I don't know if you listen or watch chess or anything like that, but uh, he was the first black uh, chess grandmaster. We had him on our podcast. And one of the things he said that stood out to me the most is, he said that if you want to become a grandmaster, which is a really hard thing to do in chess, you must first be a grandmaster. And what that means is, even if you don't necessarily have that title yet, maybe you're not a full-time podcaster, you can become a full-time podcaster just with a flip of the switch because you can have that mentality. When you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about podcasting. When you introduce yourself to people, I'm a podcaster. You, think, you start to operate as if you are a full-time podcaster today, even if you have a full-time job. Just continuing to think like, I am a podcaster, I am a podcaster. One of the funny things about the whole Maurice Ashley uh, interview that we did is uh, the first day uh, we, we hopped on the interview and uh, we, did, we used to do this thing where we would push an entire season in a single day. Uh, we don't do it as much anymore for reasons uh, I'll explain if you wanna grab a beer or a drink or something like that. But we used to drop everything all in one day and we tend to finish our production way in advance. And so everything kind of goes without a hitch and we're good to go. We decided to take Maurice Ashley's interview the day before this entire season was due to go out. Now, the only reason we did this is because he's such a big name, it was such a huge opportunity. We got on uh, Zencaster, that's what we use for remote, remote uh, recording, and we could tell his mic was a little hot, there was some distortion, uh, the volume was just too loud. I thought, erroneously, that I could just fix it in post. I, it might sound a little off, but I think I can make it usable. We finished the episode, and I go to work for editing because it has to be ready for the morning. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, 
It's not coming through. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm out of my depths here. So what I do is I, I'm like, maybe I can buy uh, some type of software to help fix it. So I'm trying to fix it, trying to, trying to solve it, trying to fix it. It's not working. I start sending it to like sound and audio engineers, seeing if they can fix it. No one could fix this audio. At 10 o'clock at night, I write Ron, I say, hey, Ron, I, I, can't, I can't fix this audio. I don't know what we're gonna do. We gotta get this thing launched out tomorrow. This is our, our big interview for this season. And he said, maybe we need to just reach out to him and see if he could do it over again. So 10 o'clock at night, reach out to Maurice Ashley. Hey, can we start this over in the morning? Made a mistake, the audio just didn't come through. Graciously, he said yes. The podcast episode ended up being 10 times better than it was the first day. And that's the episode that we submitted to the Webbies and uh, became a finalist for the Webby Awards for the best pod technology podcast in the world. So that, that was part of the, thank you. That's part of the, the, the life, the experience of being a, a full-time podcaster is, you know, sometimes you're gonna run into trouble. Things are not gonna go your way. Uh, but as long as you hold tight to who you are as a person, so if, you, if this quote right here is from Beast, or uh, from uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Who's, who listens to David Goggins here, right? Uh, if, if you don't like profanity, I wouldn't listen to David Goggins, but uh, he's pretty awesome. Uh, the only way we can change is to be real with ourselves. And sometimes we make mistakes. You have to be real with yourself. I could have just chalked it up and, and we could have pushed the, the audio anyways. But we were like, no, we, we have a standard for what we do for podcasting. This is what we do and we stick to our values. So one of the things that you can do, and I would love to walk somebody through this uh, if they're open to it. Uh, I am a coach, uh, I do it part time. I don't do it so much because I'm really focused on content. But one of the exercises that we tend to do in coaching is this idea of table of mentors. Sometimes we can feel like we're on an island. It, let me get a volunteer. Who would like to, to walk through this table of mentors with me right now? Anybody? Want to go? Okay. Awesome. So uh, what's, your, what's your podcast about? All right, so his podcast is about asking better questions. Uh, do you have a lot of mentors that you speak to on a, on a, a regular basis? Some. Some, yeah. Okay. Who are some idols or mentors that you would love to have, like, but you don't have any access to them? They could be fiction or nonfiction. Um, it'd be successful and famous entrepreneurs. So, right. Cuban. Let, let's name Mark, uh, Mark three Cuban. People. Mark Cuban, all right, asking a good question, who else? Maybe Oprah? Uh, Charlie Munger. Okay, we got Charlie. Um, yeah, uh, Mr. Wonderful. All right, Mr. Wonderful. Let's say you, you say, you know what? I wanna have a closing question. I wanna have a closing question for my podcast, but I want it to be really good. What would Mr. Wonderful say? What, what advice would Mr. Wonderful give you for that last question? How do I avoid losing money on this? Mm, how do I avoid losing money in this? Uh, what, what question would you ask uh, Mark Cuban about your podcast? What's the biggest thing you do differently? What's the biggest thing you do differently? Now, what do you think Mark would say? Get a 
have a strong lead. And what does that mean, have a strong lead? Um, something to attract people to the, to the podcast. Right, have like a hook. Like right. what is the thing that's going to... Now, have you ever met Mark Cuban? No. He's never met Mark Cuban, but he's able to give an answer that perhaps Mark Cuban might be able to make. In coaching, we have this, this concept that everyone is, is okay. Like all the clients that you have, they're okay. And honestly, all of the answers are within. So even though he doesn't know Mark Cuban, he doesn't know Mr. Wonderful, he can go through this mental exercise of talking to these people, whether they're fictitious or real people, and he can get answers that are gonna help guide him in the path that he wants to go. Who, who found that interesting? Who, who might say, oh, you know, I might want to take that and start utilizing that? Honestly, it's really one of the most powerful tools that you can have, especially if you don't have access to all the people that you wish you had access to. So, and with that, uh, we're going to start to bring it to a close, remind you a little bit. These are some of the, um, the resources that we mentioned throughout the slides. But, yeah. Oh, go back. So we just did a nice little exercise, right? And I think it would be pretty cool to do one final exercise and then we have time for questions. Um, but this final exercise, we, we know where we wanna be. We wanna be able to make the pivot in our own way, whether it's going into podcasting full time or going into content or some element of podcasting, but not in a full time manner. That's where we wanna be is to, to transform and trailblaze our own path. Um, and we know we're here because we're at podcast movement. We're doing some of the things that it takes and we have the passion to exist in the podcasting world. Now, who feels like they're here right now where they're in the state of where they're just improving? Maybe, maybe you're not out of the passion to persist, but you're just, you know, thinking about improving intentionally. Who, who feels like they're th like they're there? All right, great. So I look at this as like opportunities to see like, who are my peers? What areas can I get help with? I've had a lot of great conversations at the pot, at, at podcast movement so far. And the, the next one is evaluate, then validate. Who feels like they're here where they're in the element of monetizing their podcast? Maybe you've already monetized it and you, you feel like you have some good ideas. Does anybody feel like that? Great. I know this guy right here, Perry, he has some great ideas, so. <laughs> Um, and also outsourcing operations. I, I know for Chris and myself and Hacker Valley Media, we really struggle with it because we love focusing on all the pieces that make great content. Um, so instead of saying whether you're here or not, who feels like this is one of their challenge areas? Outsourcing. Me too. <laughs> and out of curiosity as well, uh, how many people here are doing podcasting full time where this is a means to support them? All right, we have one great mentor in the room in the audience as well, so definitely will recommend reaching out to him. So that brings us to the end. We would love to open it up for any questions that you have. Okay, I have the microphone. I'll bring it to you before you ask your question, please. Okay, I'm gonna run over there. Maybe you can say your name first and then give us your question, please. Hey, fellas, my name is Langston Clark. We actually talked yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And I'm dealing with the mental block for outsourcing. And it's just like you said, like, if I can do it better, why would I get somebody else to do it? But I don't even think I'm ready to get someone else a chance to even try. And right. it's just, 
I, it, maybe it's a control thing. So my question is, how do you get over the mental block of letting go so that you can have someone outsource? Because I'm at the point where I just, I can't do it all by myself anymore. So I, I, I'll let Chris answer also. I, I face that every day, especially with technical tasks. Like I love programming. And when it comes to the website, I, I just can't let it go. But that's where the joy, no joy list comes into play. It took us a while to really figure out what we love to do and what feels tedious, because at the end, it's, it's great. We, we did it, it feels awesome, but there's parts that you know, really create friction for us. So doing that is a great exercise. And we did uh, also work with a coach. It was almost like relationship counseling for us and then relationship counseling for our entire company. And that was really great to see because we got to really understand everyone's personality traits as well. We have introverts, extroverts on the team, and they have superpowers, but also kryptonites. And we started to look at those areas and found opportunities for who we could outsource to. It's going to be trial and error. I can't tell you how many times we've been through executive assistants, how many times we've been through production companies. We've been through a lot. And it's a lot like dating, right? You don't know until you get into the relationship and be like, this isn't working out. So I think it takes a little bit of practice, but it also start to really index on how valuable your personal time is. Because if you're, if you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna do everything, that limits the, the time that you can do for like biz dev, that limits the time for maybe even sales or something like that, or being a creative, right? I think a lot of us in this audience right here, we're creatives at heart. We wanna create, wanna do stuff. We don't wanna be caught up in tedious tasks, like things like scheduling. We don't wanna be caught up in other things, but we might want to outsource those things. So figuring out and getting practice like, all right, what do I really need to just get off my plate? And that'll start flexing that muscle for understanding how do I just start to let go of things, even if I might think that I'm the one that needs to do them. All right. Hey, good afternoon. My name is Dan. Hey, Dan. Uh, how did you figure out what your superpower was? Yeah, so the superpower is probably one of the easier things to do. I'd say purpose is really hard to nail down at times. But when you think about your superpower, think about people that you've interacted with, coworkers, friends, and whenever they remark, how do you do that? Or, wow, you're so good at that. And, you, and you, you're almost shrug it off like, oh, yeah, no. Nah. Because we tend to think that, oh, everyone can do this. But that's not the case. So thinking about back on all those times, like, oh, wow, they, they do remark about my like, time management. Or they're always saying, like, I have the, the best ideas. So like thinking back to your life, like, what are some things that people have remarked about me? And maybe they're like, oh, wow, maybe I'm really good at this particular thing and then index on that. Absolutely. Another question? I have one, but I'm not sure if you want to touch on this. Um, sure. So you mentioned that you used to release a full season or several episodes at once. Right. So I had heard of people who do that and that they are actually able to monetize better mm -hmm. than releasing per episode. Can mm -hmm. you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. So you can monetize better when you release a, an entire season. The, the way we actually started really ramping up the cost of our uh, advertisements and sponsorships was based on that launching all as one season. The way we pitched it as think of having a, basically a virtual conference that someone can enjoy on their own, at their own pace, on their own time. So a company that can not only sponsor it, but also have some say in like, what is this particular season about? that's super valuable for our client. The reason why it's tougher from a podcast perspective is we get feedback 
from people that are like, hey, I listen to every episode you guys ever do, and I can't listen to eight episodes all at once. But some people do. Some people love binge watching That's or listening. That's what I was going to say. The binge watching right. thing is kind of a, a catch. Yeah, some, some people, people do that with Netflix. Yeah, some so. people love to binge watch stuff. Some people aren't the biggest fan of it. Yeah, and there's a, a specific bell curve. If you've ever released a bunch of episodes all at once, you'll see a bell curve. You'll see the first episode gets a bunch of uh, downloads. And then you'll see in the middle start to dip down, and then at the very end, because that's the episode that st stays on the end, that also gets a lot of downloads. So you might be missing a little bit in the middle. Uh, if you're looking to make sure that each episode has as much attention as possible, you might want to release it at a different cadence, maybe one per day, one every other day, or one uh, throughout the, uh, like one per week. But uh, not saying that the, the whole launching of a season in one day can't work. Those are just some of the findings that we found when we did it that way. Sure, thank you. I think you have a question. I was just, I was just gonna say, I'm the same way as that guy. Uh, I shoot and edit videos, and how do you scale? How do you let go? And I was gonna suggest just invest in the person um, to train, right? You know, and, and whatever whoever you gel with, um, and that way they start to learn what would you do. And but it does take an investment of time because you ultimately want to be able to put that on, you know, let it spin by itself and they'll be able to do it. And you're conducting it, but you're not doing the tedious work. Um, I've had to scale stuff like that before and everybody learns different too. So you might go, this, this person's superpower is really technical. This person's really good at creative, not as technical. How do you figure, how do you choose the right person? Or maybe it's a blend of both, but I think the investment of time is a big factor in being able to let go. So. Yep, that's a huge thing. And I think Ron and I are probably going to touch on something very similar. Uh, we, results may vary, so take this with a grain of salt. Uh, we work with our wives. Uh, our wives, they are doing things in our company that they've never done before. My wife, Jen, she runs all of production. She's never run production in her life. But through our mentorship, through making sure that she has all the resources that she needs, hiring the right folks, she's like a production powerhouse. We talk to podcasters all the time that are having a hard time with production and producers and making sure that they're doing the things that they need to be doing. But I just say we don't have that problem because Jen is, is the best in the business. And the same for Ron's wife, Monica. She... It has done some marketing before her own podcast, but now she runs uh, marketing for Hacker Valley Media. And if you look at any of our marketing, whether you're talking about the designs, the, the posts, the anything that, 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 that really makes us us, uh, she's been a large portion of that. And so definitely investing in the people that are going to care. I would say that's probably the number one thing is seeing if they care about the thing that you're asking them to do. Because if they care, they're always gonna continue to get better. But if they don't care, they might just leave you in the dust. But. And there was also a mention of superpower. And I think this is where things get a little complicated. Because if you're outsourcing uh, with, via a contractor, then it's gonna be a lot different than hiring somebody. When you're hiring somebody like we hired our wives, Chris's wife didn't start as our production operations expert, you know, but she started as a project manager. And then we started to identify our superpowers. We started to help her identify her superpowers. And that's how she became uh, the uh, director of operations. And for uh, people that you hire, you also have to remember, have some empathy. It takes six months to do a job well, to like really understand the processes. I know for us, 
starting at the grassroots, we had to take shortcuts in the beginning. We didn't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to start a podcast because it was just a, it was a fun experiment in the beginning. So we had to start reverse engineering those bits and getting some prof professional support. But you only know professional support after time working with the person, whether they're hired or a contractor. Any other questions? Have you both left your careers with other companies? So no more Netflix for you and yep. wherever you were working previously. Have you left that behind in your podcasting full time? Yep, we are. We, Congratulations. We, thank you. It, it's, it's, it's been amazing. And I'll let, I'll let you, you, I want to hear the quote that you always mention about being a technologist and a creative. But what I will say is we still focus on cybersecurity and technology. So we didn't have to completely give up everything that we know. One thing I think that's always worth mentioning and keep in the back of your mind while you get more into this is everything's an auxiliary skill. That's why we have grandmasters of chess come on our podcast. We've had Simone Biles come on and talk about the parallels of having an adversary in your work. That's how we are in cybersecurity. So we're able to bring the stories to the practitioner and, and really use all of the skills that we've learned as auxiliary. I've always been a creative trapped in the body of a technologist. My mom would tell stories as a young age, like stories off the top of her head, and that's something that she passed down to me. So I had this love of stories and humanity, and it's tough to let go of a job where you're making well over six figures. Like just for, for, for you to understand, I was making just about half a million dollars before I said, you know, I'm gonna take this dip and go into full-time podcasting. That can be tough to let go of, right? That safety net of, of making sure that you have a paycheck that's con constantly coming in to bet on yourself and do the right stuff. That can be really, really scary. So what I would recommend for people that are looking to try to make that transition, what are the small changes, the small adjustments that you can make in your life to put you in that direction? And when you follow Pivot, you follow all these rules, and, and you see the value that you can provide to clients, that's when you can start to think about making that transition full time. Definitely better yourself, because we get one life to live, and we might as well do something we love. That's a great way to finish off this talk. And uh, yeah, we also have a Discord. I don't, uh, yeah, I think it's on there. Uh, it's hackervalley.com forward slash Discord. It's a room full of uh, technologists and creatives. We often uh, look at each other's uh, content. So uh, if you are looking for people that you can bounce ideas off of, bounce imagery, podcast ideas, anything, be sure to join us in the Discord and uh, we'd love to have you there and be a part of family. Thank you.